Hello there. Don't be alarmed. We're just preparing your listening device for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. We do this, of course, by filling the radio with water. Don't worry. We're professionals. Thanks to me, you won't even get wet. You see, I've crammed every appendage of my body into the cracks and crevices of your radio, ensuring an airtight seal. By the way, don't touch your on-off knob. That's a very sensitive area. Anyway, I should remind you, we believe in the buddy system just like diving, so don't listen alone. Call your buddy and tell them that Scuba Radio is about to begin. We're going to start a new life under the sea. So, uh, am I going to drown? Of course not. Just stay calm and let the gentle currents relax your every muscle. Under the sea. Under the sea. Did it just get warmer? There'll be no accusations. Just friendly crustaceans under the sea. Where the hell are the sharks? And now, here's your dive guide for Scuba Radio, Greg the Dive Master. And welcome to Hour 2 of the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. Okay, so we've been uh, diving a little deeper into the regular characters you hear week in and week out on the big show. And one of them is Captain Slate, a legend in the dive industry once again. And we talk to him periodically down there in the Florida Keys as he likes to feed fish with his face and God knows what else. And one of the things, you know, we probably haven't talked to him about a lot is what created captain slate so we have a uh, slate on the line with us uh cap slate how you doing buddy hey man i'm doing good good to hear from you guys well back at you my friend what created you i mean what what got you into the diving in the first place there captain slate well i guess, <laughs> i guess i should give away my age but i grew up in the uh 50s and 60s and when late 50s when sea hunt came on which of course is lowered ridges and we little kids are all sitting around watching that and i was in the boy scouts and i was in the water all the time on boats swimming and springboard diving and at summer camp so i was always around the water and we saw scuba diving short story was i'm gonna do that yeah when i was carrying papers that the ripe old age of 15 i uh saved my pennies and ordered, mail-ordered, a regulator, double hose, of course, healthways, because there was no dive shops. I didn't know of one in 100 miles of Winston-Salem, yeah. North Carolina. I ordered a regulator, $50, which was about four months worth of carrying papers, hmm. and I knew a guy that rented, because he was a diver, it was actually a farm supply store, JMT services, and I would rent tanks from him, but he made my mother sign a release, and she did, having no idea I knew what I was doing, right. and me and another buddy who did the same thing started diving in rock quarries around Winston-Salem, I had no idea about taking a course, I just ordered a 63-cent book on diving at the sporting goods store and read from cover to cover and started diving. How about that? <laughs> and eventually, I became water safety instructor and started in my senior year in high school, started assisting the coach, Leo Ellison, at Wake Forest University. And Wake Forest had a dive club. 
So I started diving with the divers there, still not certified, but I listened intently to everything they told me and just kept diving. You were definitely right there at the beginning. You know, it's funny, the Aqua Gypsy in hour one was talking about Sea Hunt inspired her to become a scuba diver, but she was watching like the reruns. She's a little younger than you or me for that matter. I think it was 58, 59, 60, 61 when it ran, of course, original. And man, I wanted to be Mike Nelson. Anyway, um, I kept diving and finally, you know, I went to East Carolina and they had a dive club and still wasn't certified. And everybody goes, you know, you ought to get certified. And I said, no, okay. But I didn't. <laughs> it wasn't required. It wasn't required. And yeah. I've been diving. I had 200 dives by then. So then when I moved to Florida in 1972 after graduating from East Carolina, they required it. You couldn't get air in your tank unless you took a course. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'll take a course. What the heck? So in Jacksonville, I took a course at Pro Dive Shop with a buddy of mine, Bill Crawford, who was so much of an inspiration to me to, to what I'm doing now. And so I became certified and I thought, oh, this is fun. I want to teach. So I was a high school swim coach in Jacksonville and I had a pool. So I got my instructors through the YMCA yeah. and started teaching scuba. And of course, then took over the Jacksonville downtown YMCA in the early 70s and started teaching at the YMCA. And then in 78, I thought, what the heck? I want to move to the Keys and Open Dive Shop. So there you go. Okay. And the rest is history. Uh, you became Captain Slate. Going back to Carolina, where you actually uh, did this by ordering this catalog online. You said sixty-three cents. But your first dive was in the quarry, uh, so I would imagine the conditions weren't what you get down there in the Keys, where you are today. So, was your first dive everything you thought it would be, or were you like, wait a minute, it's supposed to be way better and warmer? And or what? Well, what was your first right. dive like? Funny story. I mean, I don't, didn't have a wetsuit. I just jumped in with my buddy Buck, and both of us. Of course, we just had a backpack, a tank, and a regulator, and of course, mask and fins, and we're freezing our butt off because <laughs> you got down about thirty feet, and it was a thermocline. So we stayed around thirty and forty feet until we were frozen to death, and of course, we just waited till we ran out of air and started coming back up. You know, the tank got hard to breathe, and I figured, okay, it's time to come up. He told me that yeah. so we came up and that's really how we dove for years and in the summers we'd go down to white lake which is a spring-fed lake down on near the coast in north carolina at elizabethtown and we clean the glass bottom boats and i mean the whole the lake's deepest point was maybe 30 feet uh-huh. and uh and we dove and cleaned the bottoms of the boats and played games with them when they drive the boat over so we'd jump up in the glass scare the heck out of them <laughs> And uh, we kind of put on a Sea World show right. uh, for the for glass bottom boat. The guy knew where we were, and he'd drive over us. And uh, and that's how what we did until I went to college and you know started diving regular. Yeah. And then when during the college breaks. I was on a crew team, and we'd come to Florida and row all the schools in Florida, and I bring my dive gear and go diving in Florida. And the first time we rode in Miami, I went to the Keys, and I went, I got to get down here someday. This is unbelievable. Right. 
Yes, it, so it's quite uh, different than diving, uh, you know, in the quarries of Carolina, I would imagine, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we saw things besides refrigerators, old cars, and carp and catfish. Yeah. I mean, that was all we had. <laughs> True. Uh, well, there you go. All right. Well, there this and Captain Slate, uh, that's how it started for him. And uh, now he's down in the Keys, and he, you know, he uh, his his claim to fame is he, like I said, he feeds fish with his face, put the little ballyhoo in, and the the barracuda come down. And you're still doing the creature feature to this day, all these years later, right? I was in the water Sunday playing with the eels and 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 the cudas. And another short story was I started diving in '63, and of course I was having reader of National Geo because they showed me parts of the world I didn't know about and Jerry Greenberg and I still have the copy signed, I mean had a article on Penny Camp Park in 1963 and he did a whole photo session on it and I mean I'd never heard of Penny Camp Park or Key Largo and I started reading it and of course over time I ended up opening the dive shop in Penny Camp Park and becoming best friends Jerry Greenberg. Unfortunately, he's passed on recently, a couple of years. And Jerry and I were just friends forever and dove together and he did stories on me and so now his son Michael does. And But to meet Jerry, and when I was standing in my living room at 15 years old reading his article thinking, God, I got to find this place. Well, you know, it's funny. It was a magazine article, uh, like you said. It's, that was why I booked Captain Slate to be the first guest on Scuba Radio. I opened up Skin Diver Magazine. I see this guy with a ballyhoo uh, in his teeth and a barracuda about ready to take it away from him. I'm like, who is this crazy nut job? He'll be great on the radio (laughs) and And you guys did a first and second show with me that's right we absolutely did and he was our first guest on scuba radio and the rest is history uh always great talking to you captain slate and of course you can dive with him down there in the upper keys look him up google him find his website and uh, have the time of your life no doubt you take care we'll talk to you again soon my friend brother thank you have a good weekend and we got more coming up on the world's first radio show devoted to diving this is the worldwide scuba radio network power simplicity reliability it's what you demand of your dive computer and shearwater delivers Shearwater evolved out of one tech diver's need for a reliable, easy-to-use rebreather dive computer and quickly became the tech market leader. Now recreational divers have taken notice. The Shearwater Tarek is the best, most intuitive, and reliable wristwatch-sized dive computer on the market. Check it out in the entire line at Shearwater.com. Shearwater, dive computers for demanding divers. Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top down at Explorer Ventures Liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explorer Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explorer Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explorer Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explorer Ventures 
Liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had. It just doesn't get any better. Saba St. Kitts, Turks and Caicos, the Galapagos, Maldives, Indonesia, humpback whales, and the Silver Banks, new destinations and itineraries are being added all the time. Call one of their talented travel consultants to find the Explorer Ventures Liveaboard experience that's just right for you. 1-800-322-3577. That's 1-800-322-3577. Or visit ExploreVentures.com. That's ExploreVentures.com. Scuba action star Mike Scott is back in a new audiobook, Cayman Cowboys, Reefs Under Pressure. From author Eric Douglas comes the one that started it all. Listen as Mike deals with submarines, kidnapping, betrayal, and more. He didn't even have fins or a mask to let him see in the water. He was going to be slow and blind. If it weren't for the float, he knew there would be no way he would ever make it to the surface. Download Cayman Cowboys or Oil and Water, Return to Cayman, Turks and Chaos, and Lionfish at Amazon, booksbyeric.com, and audible.com. surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. Well, like I always say, onward and downward. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. Okay, so we've been diving deeper, uh, you know, with some of the regulars that you hear on Scuba Radio. And it's time now for my favorite... Paperback Eric Douglas is his name. He is my favorite paperback uh, writer, or just any kind of writer. Because he writes all these dive stories that uh, feature scuba divers and... And even uh, Scuba Radio every now and then. It's uh, been a while since we've talked to him on the air. So, uh, Eric, welcome again. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, Greg. Good to see you. And I, I do love that I have my own bumper music on the show. Yes. You know, I- <laughs> well, you know, after 26 years, I mean, because you were there pretty much right there from the beginning. I think you've earned it, Eric. I, I appreciate that. I, You know, I think I missed the first two or three years. But other than that, yeah, I've been... I've been with you through thick and thin, I think. That's right. We've been doing it. We've done dive trips. He's written a couple books where they actually talk about scuba radio. Uh, made me out to be an ass in one of them, but that's fine. That's a whole different thing. You'll have to look it up. You? On oh, that's right. It was my alter ego or something. Well, you have to go go to booksbyeric.com and look it up and, and you get a chuckle or two. But uh, it's good stuff. And, uh, you know, he, he has a whole series of Mike Scott novels, who's a photojournalist and diver. And if you're a diver and you're not, you're not aware of Eric's books and this series in particular, you really owe it to yourself to go to booksbyeric.com and uh, check it out because uh, they're very entertaining reads. And, uh, you know, it features a little element of scuba diving in them as well. So what's the latest? What have you been working on uh, author-wise there, Eric? You know, I actually, I'm writing a, just complete non sequitur i'm working on a short story uh that has nothing to do with diving um uh but just it's one of those stories that you know you you get in your head you get the idea and you can't get it out so literally i've been i've been toying with this idea for for three years that i needed to write this story 
And I think on one level, it's kind of created a bit of a writer's block. Uh, my mind is telling me I have to finish this story before I do anything else. So really? I, I expect I could literally have it done by the middle of May sometime. So oh, right. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Well, uh, can and, you give us a little uh, done, hint of, of what this is about, or you got to keep that close to the vest for now? Well, it, it, sure. I, I can, I can tease it. It's, it's an interesting story, actually. Um, in, in the Bible, uh, there's a reference at the end of the book of John, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm freelancing here for a second. Mm-hmm. Research at the end of John. But the Bible refers to a, a loved disciple that will never die until Jesus returns. I, I mean, mm. this, is, this is in the Bible. So my idea is I'm turning this into... It's 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 kind of the the immortal trope, you know. This guy living, he's still here two thousand years later, living his life, and and gets discovered. But he's not a vampire. He's not an alien. He's just this guy. He's a biblical superhero, kind of. Exactly. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. All right. Well, Uh, but it's you know. But again, I'm not making. I you you know with all of my books. They all start with at least some grain of of truth, right? This is literally in the Bible. So, how about that? Yeah, and he does that with all of his books. I mean, you know, there's a backdrop of like the Cayman Islands or uh, popular dive destinations around the world, and when you read them, you know, you really do a good job painting a picture and like, hey, I've been there. I know what dive site he's talking about, and you know, then he'll he'll put on top of it uh, some crazy adventure story which goes in all different directions, but make it make it makes it very very entertaining for sure and i have no doubt uh i can see this uh where this is going knowing the way your mind works which is just slightly <laughs> less twisted than mine <laughs> well just slightly but yes. yeah there are days you know it's 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 neck and neck right now uh eric douglas uh not only does he write all these books but obviously he's an avid diver he used to work for divers alert network he wrote a lot of manuals with them while he was there and at his tenure but you were a certified diver a long time before you were writing books about the adventure and training manuals and things like that and we've been diving a little deeper into the scuba radio scuba squad eric so let me throw you into that pile and ask you what exactly inspired you to get into diving in the first place uh, you know, I, and actually, I I think it's an interesting story. At least it's interesting to me. I, I do want to mention though, um, you left out one of one of my credits. I, I have written now for fourteen years, maybe the Lessons for Life column in Scuba Diving of Magazine. Of course, so, how could I overlook that? How, how dare you know, I? That's that's I've I that's, literally well over a hundred of those. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I apologize for overlooking that. But yeah, I mean, he's done so much. It's hard to remember everything, you know, but it all started with uh, scuba diving, right? But it all started with scuba diving. 1990, uh, here in West Virginia, I'm back here in West Virginia right now. Um, I'm currently back in the, the daily news business, but uh, 1990, I decided, you know, I just graduated from college with a degree in journalism and I just, I kind of was looking at my resume, you know, like, like any, well, not everybody, but a lot of us, my dream was to work for National Geographic. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my resume, which was pretty Spartan at the time. And I thought to myself, okay, so I could learn to fly something okay. you've been a road where you've been down, right? Or I could learn to scuba dive. 
Uh, and I was thinking, yeah, what would make me appealing to National Geographic? So I looked at those two things and I thought, okay, this would work. And then I looked at how much each one cost. Yeah. Scuba diving was significantly cheaper than learning to fly. Mm, can can uh, be, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to uh, buying, but, buying an but, aircraft, but, that's for damn sure. But, you know, I, in, in all seriousness, I, I, I grew up watching uh, the. Uh, undersea world of Jacques Cousteau. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not quite old enough for the um, sea hunt. Uh, sea hunt. Yeah, yeah, right. But I, I grew up Sunday nights watching the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau and really, and, and literally reading National Geographic. My mom had given me a subscription to, to their world magazine, which was their kids magazine. So that was my, that was my passion. I wanted to become a scuba diver so I could travel and write for National Geographic. Nice. Um, uh, so that's that's how I got into it. A girlfriend and I took uh, took training here in in West Virginia. Uh, learned to dive in Summersville Lake. Uh, I did my first sixty dives in the lake before I ever dived in the ocean. But it's led to a thirty something year career now of scuba diving. There you go. And, but you never wrote for National Geographic, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Stick that knife in my back a little deeper. <laughs> then uh, I no. think you made up for no. it in other ways, my friend. Yeah, you know, still working that angle. Okay, uh, well, it can still happen, <laughs> right? One can dream. Great stuff. Booksbyeric.com. Check out his website. Check out all the books. Eric, we'll catch up with you again soon, my friend. Good seeing you. Take care. And we got more coming up on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top-down at Explore Ventures Liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explore Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explore Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explore Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explore Ventures Liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had. It just doesn't get any better. Saba St. Kitts, Turks and Caicos, the Galapagos, Maldives, Indonesia, humpback whales, and the Silver Banks, new destinations and itineraries are being added all the time. Call one of their talented travel consultants to find the Explore Ventures Liveaboard experience that's just right for you. 1 800 322 3577. That's 1 800 322 3577. Or visit ExploreVentures.com. That's ExploreVentures.com. <laughs> surface interval is complete you are now clear to dive with scuba radio scuba radio the world's first radio show devoted to diving scuba radio dive 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 Oh, my father was the keeper of the Eddystone Light. He married a mermaid one fine night. From this union there came three, a porpoise and a porgy, and the other was made. Yo-ho-ho, ho, the wind blows free. Oh, for a life on the rolling 
That's completely idiotic. One night when I was a trimming of the glim, singing a verse from the evening hymn, a voice from the starboard shouted, Ahoy! And there was mother sitting on a boy. Young ho, the wind blows free. Oh, for a life on the road and see. That girl will rain destruction down on you and your ship. And the phosphorus flashed in her seaweed hair. I looked again, but my mother wasn't there. A voice came echoing out of the night. To hell with the keeper of the Eddystone light. Yo, ho, ho, the wind blows free. Oh, for a life on the rolling sea. She is an albatross. Yo, ho, yo, ho, yo, ho, yo, ho, yo, ho. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. Okay, so we've been diving deeper with a, you know, some regular guests on the show over the years. There's been quite a few of them, but you know, every once in a while if you're just driving by and you're, you know, hearing a clip here and there, you may not know the background of some of these folks that we have on the show, which brings us to our next one. Alex Brilsky, who pretty much wrote the book on diving, by the way. I remember when I got certified, especially for my dive master class, it was a diving encyclopedia. This thing was as thick as a brick, and Alex was the guy who put this thing together. I mean, and literally, it was considered like, you know, the uh, the book of diving. And, uh, well, anyway, Alex is with us. How you doing, Alex? What's going on? I'm doing great. Always a pleasure to be with you, sir. Yes. Well, and you keep on writing uh, books like that, you know. Uh, yeah, even it's a nasty that. habit I got into a long time ago. Right. Yeah, he's been, uh, you know, he's one of the, I don't know if pioneer is the right word, but probably, I mean, it, it fits for you. Do you like yeah, that? or second generation pioneer. Uh, okay. I, I was going to say, he, he knows a lot of folks that go even uh, farther back, but Alex is a pioneer in his own right, especially when it comes to educating uh, divers around the world with all the books and things that he's written. Uh, well, but, yeah, definitely a legend in my own mind. Well, okay. Aren't we all? Yes. <laughs> but he keeps on doing it. He is, uh, his latest book is, uh, well, I'll just let, what is it called again? It's called Beneath the Blue Planet, A Diver's Guide to the Ocean. Yeah, and, and the idea of this book is to how to, to dive responsibly, in a sense, right? To help the exactly. planet? Exactly. It's put, uh, I put it together for several reasons, but bottom line, you know, I, when I wrote my, my last book, uh, The Complete Diver, uh, it really wasn't complete, in a sense, and it, it did not address the environment. It was very comprehensive in terms of diving theory and history and practice, uh, and I always wanted to kind of fill that gap and and create a book that delved exclusively into the diving environment because after all, that's the reason we dive. We don't dive to blow bubbles or collect gear. We we dive to experience the environment. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what the book is about. The first three quarters uh, really it gets into some pretty reasonable depth about what the ocean is about, how coral reefs operate, sharks, and the kinds of things that. I think uh, divers and particularly professionals, instructors, dive masters really need to know. And then the last quarter of the book, as you said, is really geared to being responsible. I call it uh, doing the right thing. And I look at issues such as responsible wildlife interaction, responsible consumer choices, as I call them, and then responsible dive practice. Dive professionals do a great job of, of training people and keeping people safe and entertaining them. But where many fall down is helping their students and their customers connect with the environment. And it's not their fault. It really isn't addressed very well in the instructor training process. And so I'm hoping the book is really going to serve as a knowledge base 
for professionals so that they have the wherewithal, the, the repertoire to really understand the environment and more importantly, communicate that. Because when you get that connection, when a diver connects with the experience and they really feel like they've had a, you know, an inspiring experience underwater, you know, facilitated by a professional, that's when we get people in the sport for life. They're right. not going to drop out. Yeah. The more, the merrier. Uh, so to speak, but we want uh, everybody to be responsible and pay it forward. And, and where you get that information is right here in uh, Alex's book, which, by the way, where's the best place to get it? Where do you go to find this? Amazon. Movie? Amazon's the easiest. And yeah. uh, I would request as well, if you do like the book, please uh, post a review. They tell me it's very helpful with the analytics and the yeah. you know, search engine and all a, that kind of A good of- one. We prefer good reviews, right? That's why we well, call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you have anything negative to say, just keep it to yourself. No, you wouldn't. It's good stuff. I mean, Alex is a is a pro, and, and you also do a, a lot of stuff with the. Uh, well, you're working with the Reef Guide folks now, right? Indeed, you- I came aboard last year actually as their director of education. In fact, my book is the first in a series in what they're calling Reef Smart Education, uh, and the idea is to kind of beef up that their product line with more. Uh, content with regard to the ocean. I don't know if you know it, but, but Ian is a, a graduate level uh, uh, marine biologist himself. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah. And so this, we're going to move even more into uh, marine science content. Uh, and above and beyond that, uh, uh, they've launched a, a, a whole different component of the business called uh, resort services, where we're going to help uh, dive resorts in many ways, we're going to be doing uh, 3D mapping and, and assisting in, in their marketing. Uh, my role will be to kind of uh, provide training and professional development opportunities for uh, for dive resorts. So I'm really excited about that. It's a, it's a great bunch of folks. And if you've seen the book, you know, I was just, you know, blown away at the production quality. It's it's the book is beautiful. I had nothing to do with it. You don't uh, want to art. take credit? You should. You know, I cannot draw to save my life. Yeah. Otto Wagner just knocked it out of the park with regard to the design of the book. Yeah. Well, uh your reef guides folks, Ian and their whole crew, uh they really have done uh an amazing job with with mapping some sites on a level that we haven't seen in the industry before, I don't think. I mean, 3D, and you can look at these uh, slates or just look at the books and the pictures and really have a very good orientation of, of what you're about to see, whether it's a reef structure or, or a wreck uh, that they've uh, mapped out in, in such great detail. So I think that's a good uh, you know good uh, team to be associated with, Alex. Or, or maybe they're, uh, it's a good move for them to f- affiliate with you. <laughs> As you, well, we're, we're mutual uh, <laughs> mutual admiration. All right, we'll go with that. But uh, you know, I've been asking everybody about this uh, on the show today. What got you into diving back in the day? What what inspired you? Well, you know, like many of my generation, uh, Lloyd Bridges and Sea Hunt. Uh, okay, that's come up a few times for sure. More than, but also, I, I grew up on the Chesapeake Bay, and I really, you know, as I tell people, I, I think I learned to swim before I could walk. Yeah. And so it was kind of a natural progression. I was a water kid. I always had a mask and a pair of fins. And when I was uh, 13 or 14 years old, I uh, cajoled my dad into uh, buying me a scuba unit. I don't know for some of your older uh, listeners, there used to be a a well-known mail order uh, company up in New York, Honest Archie Central Skin Divers. And for 80 bucks, uh, my dad bought me a Healthways double hose regulator and a tank. 
And I proceeded to teach myself to scuba dive, as many did back in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. You and Slate were pretty much in the same, cut from the same cloth in that regard. I think probably so, indeed. But I, you know, I I was smart enough to read every book I could find, so I didn't kill myself. And it it didn't hurt that the the water was no deeper than 12 feet. Uh, So I I actually acquired some, a pretty decent level of skill before I finally got around to getting certified at 16. And by that point, I was hooked. My parents took us to Florida for the first time in uh, 1968. And one August morning, I jumped off a boat onto Sombrero Reef. And it basically was a life-defining experience from that point when I knew I was going to do something involving the ocean. There you go. You had your hallelujah diving moment, it sounds like. Absolutely. I think every diver has that and can relate to that. When you have that moment, you're like, oh my God, this is what it's all about. I think professionals especially can go back to that life-defining event where they said that, hey, this is more than a pastime or just a recreational endeavor. It's really a part of my life. Well, there you go. Everybody can relate to it, and maybe that inspires a few people uh, checking in today. We appreciate it, Alex. I hope so. Alex Brilski. Check him out. Google him online. You'll find a whole list of stuff to read uh, <laughs> about his uh, diving life for sure. We got more coming up on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. This is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. Are you ready to get your room on? Yes. All right, then. Let's get started. This thing I love can't hold a candle to it. This thing I love I must get down to it. I'm so ready. Cause diving is the thing I love. You sound really pretty. There goes that lady. And now you're out of control. She likes scuba radio, but I think I'm going crazy. What the hell is that? Cause the only time I see her is when I get my dive gear wet. Was that a mermaid? So far, this is not blowing my skirt up, gentlemen. You gotta stay cool. Relax for a dip. Shut up. With tanks on our backs to beat the oh. heat. Cause oh. we're like, come on. Greg the dive master on the mic. We're so ready. Ready, Greggy. Cause diving is a thing we love. Oh, that's so gnarly. This thing. This thing. I love. I love. It ties. With sex, baby. If you're doing it right. Whale sings. Ooh. Shark dies. You might see cool looking jelly. I kind of like it Cause diving is the thing I love I suspect Diving is the thing I love Yeah, you have some Diving is the thing I love Issues Diving is the thing I love Yeah, yeah. Work out. Diving is the thing I love I like that song this is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. Okay, so we've been talking to a lot of uh, regulars that appear on Scuba Radio uh, over the last 26 years and uh, diving a little deeper into why they actually became divers in the first place. Now, I can't think of a better person to end the show with than the dive god himself, Neil Watson, who's with us on Scuba Radio. Neil, how you doing, buddy? 
Fantastic, my friend. Fantastic. Okay, so all the times that we've had you on the show, Neil, uh, your world records we've talked about, all the crazy uh, times that we've had over the years on Scuba Radio, you know, he's pretty much kind of become my co-host when we're on the road a lot of times. But I don't know that we've ever talked about this. Like, what uh, actually inspired you to become a diver and eventually evolve into the dive god? What was the spark for you? Well, I, I, I grew up in, in Cocoa, Florida on the water and, and was a swimmer and a, a, a free diver, like the age of 10. And I was with my older brother and some of their friends out camping at Blue Springs in Florida. Hmm. And one of the, one of the guys said, uh, Hey, he said, uh, I opened his truck and he said, my dad was like a frogman in the war. And I've got this dive stuff, and it was it was an old tank and a double hose regulator with tape wrapped around it, yeah. and the flat metal backpack and stuff. And he says, "Any anybody want to try that? You know." And everybody's real quiet. They all look at me. You know, I'm like Mikey in the cereal commercial. He's dumber than a stone. He'll do it. <laughs> so they said, "Hey, Neil, you do this." So they strapped me up with this crap, and I knew how to clear my ears and stuff, and. And he said, what do you do? And I said, well, just breathe, I guess. So I started out at Blue Springs cold. I got down maybe 40, 50 feet, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. I'm thinking, this just rocks. And I, something happened. I got inverted. Or the regulator quit working. And and I don't know what to do. So I go <laughs> race into the surface, come out of the water like a Polaris missile, about up to the ankles. And I'm gagging and spitting up blood. They say, Neil, how was it, man? How was it? I said, boy, going down is fantastic. Coming up, dude, sucks. (laughs) So I guess I had a minor embolism. And my father had a friend that that he worked with that that was a diver, military diver. And I really got excited about learning to do it. So I got a hold of my father set me up to meet with this guy. And I explained the whole thing. And he says, son, he said, you screwed up. He said, you could have really hurt yourself. Yeah. He said, he said, if you do this again, or when you do this again, when you come up, come up slow, just follow your bubbles. And if something happens and this, this regulator takes a crap, just spit it out and exhale all the way to the surface. Hmm. And I said, yes, sir. Okay, I'll do that. And I said, well, why do you do that? He says, if you don't, it'll kill you. <laughs> And that was that was basically certification one oh one. And and sixty years later it still works. Yeah, well, okay. So that was yeah. that was it. Then and then I joined the Marine Corps and uh pursued it from there. And after that uh was on the police department, Daytona Beach and and uh did did some south you know bodies and weapon recovery and then uh i had the pleasure of 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 going to the bahamas to 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 grand bahama island actually to head up security of a casino and hotel that was opening and uh flying flying into land in 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 grand bahama i'm looking down at the water and I'm thinking, I, I'm in paradise. This is unbelievable. Right. And then I, I, uh, I hooked up with my hero and mentor, a guy named Fred Baldazare, that uh, has swam the English water, English Channel underwater, straight to Gibraltar. And we started a little glass bottle boat slash learn to dive uh, business, and and it went from there. Yeah, that the rest is history. Started. Yeah. Yep. 
rest is history. Yeah, I mean, Neil, uh, Neil Watson, he pioneered diving in Bimini there in the Bahamas. Uh, you, were, you were the guy who started it all. Uh, at the time, he wasn't known as the dive god. It was uh, what the hero, the uh, humble hero, the, the humble hero. Yes. Well, <laughs> well. At, at one point in Freeport, I was the dog man. I had a canine service and like sixty security dog dog guards and uh, guard dogs, and I was the dog man until I became the humble hero of Bimini. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the humble hero is better, and then the dive I, gods. E- you evolved uh, over time <laughs> into. Uh, a much better superhero dive god humble hero he had a cape and and uh, sparkles and the whole thing the dog man i mean i don't know that that probably yeah, yeah. that kind of stuck throughout your entire life didn't it oh well, neil watson he's kind of a dog but god bless dog. him what a dog. <laughs> i kid but uh yeah you know neil's become a good friend but yeah that's wild I, I did not know that you actually started your diving life at blue springs blue that's springs, pretty wild absolutely. yeah yeah. Any manatees when you were down there, or do you remember seeing them then? Because it's a manatee hotspot. I don't remember seeing any. No, I don't remember seeing much of anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, was there any other uh, like TV shows and things that inspired you, or were you just blazing your own path well, well, when you did no, that? I mean, of course, of course uh, the Sea Hunt right. show, you know, I was enthralled with, as, as, as was everybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, of course, the... As, I think we mentioned on the show before the creature from Black Lagoon. Uh, the guy that played the creature just died, um, and and he, you know, at the time uh, I was thrilled with the movie and stuff. Never realizing that later I'd be working with working with Rico Browning, and um, yeah, yeah, so, with the guy course, with the creature, course, yeah, and then of course the Gusto, you know, right, the Calypso, and and. And uh, and here again, I never thought I'd ever have the pleasure of of meeting Jacques Cousteau and becoming very close friends and doing a lot of work with Jean-Michel Gusteau, which today is still a dear friend of mine. We stay in touch. Yes. Well, yeah. It, it, you know, Neil, I mean, I asked him who inspired him, but the reality is he's inspired so many people to learn how to dive and uh, maybe not do as many of the extreme things he's done over the years, but but definitely opened up the whole diving world uh, to uh, the masses. And you've done a good job, my friend. And uh, hey, uh, you know, that's what's great about the dive guy, too, when you chat with him. You learn something new and cool every every time you do. So, Neil, I thank you from the bottom of my heart, and what a great way to finish up the show this week. Well, I've, I've been blessed at 83, and I'm still diving and loving it as much as it's first. There you go. Well, uh, spoken like the true dive god, humble hero, and dog man. That he is. <laughs> On that note, we're going to wrap it up. Till next week, remember, it's always better. Where, Neil? Downward sweater. Safe diving, everyone. Scuba Radio, the world's first scuba diving show. From Captain Ron to Jock Gusteau, they all love Scuba Radio. On the boat or down below, if you want to stay in the know. If you be pressurized there, you'll want to be there on Scuba Radio. Let's go! Scuba Radio. Scuba 
Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. This seems the logical place for fish to congregate. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past editions of Scuba Radio worldwide over the Internet at scubaradio.com. So we're in international waters? Indeed so. Tell a friend and buddy up with your radio every week for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Well, it's all very nice here, but we should be going. I miss me wife and me oxygen. Yes, we all miss our loved ones and gases. Let's go. The opinions you just heard on Scuba Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. Okay, you know, what I just heard? Blah, 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 blah. They're not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. Come on, quit yanking me. Scuba diving does involve risk and should never be conducted without proper instruction and training. Oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could die. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at scubaradio.com.